I always used to give Owen Sheehan a good bit of grief for his power rankings. They aren't easy, Will. As a group, as players, we have not done one minute of video analysis of any team this year. The Club Championship Show. Subscribe to the GEA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. You're very welcome back. So we have rejigged the show a touch. You would have heard Caitlin Thompson talking to us earlier on about the legendary Nick Bellateri. Jerry Thornley, Fiona Hayes still coming your way after 8 o'clock. We will talk to Amy Lee Murphy-Crow as well in the next hour. She's over in South Africa for the Cape Town Sevens, which starts Friday. And then Kevin Kilban coming to you from Doha between 9 and 10. 53106, the text number. Michael McCarthy here in studio. Hello once again. Hello once again, Joe. Carl Milani, <laughs> hello to you. Hello, Joe. How are no you? football today. The main action, Roy Keane's golden goal winner against Michael Richards in the Pundits TV match over in Doha. I kid you not. This has taken the internet by storm. I saw the goal. I saw it on silent with no context. All I know is that Roy took off his jersey and spun it in the air and then did a fairly impressive uh, leapfrog over a wheelie bin. He jumped a wheelie bin? Yeah. It was very impressive. (laughs) (laughs) He's still got a bit of hang time there, Roy. Yeah. Oh, I was actually... Look, honestly, it was the whole thing. I was like, oh, people are going to be giving out now saying that Keane, you know, hates these types of celebrations. I was like, you know, I'm not... Well, I'm, sorry. Not, I'm not loving this clip sorry. that much so far. And a, then he jumped over a wheelie bin and I was like, right, I'm all in. Can't, there, can't resist my Roy Keane content. There is a degree of hypocrisy here about his celebration, is there not? In a media game where like the, the over-celebration is half of the Look. half of the fun and half of the point. Listen, no? this is a man who has hung his hat on a no to celebrations. Joy, generally, <laughs> over the last couple of years. And here he is jumping a wheelie bin. Yeah, no, that's true. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. Yeah, I kind of feel the context is slightly different. He's a man who takes competitive football quite seriously and uh, thinks that a, a kick around in, in Doha might not. No, I wasn't having that at all. I thought, no, that's <laughs> hypocrisy. Yeah, look, I mean, you, you could you could absolutely accuse it of hypocrisy in this, in this manner, but, you know. Can I just say, it. the finish was very, very good because that was tricky. The underrated part, the quality of his pass through Oh, the, the little dink player who missed the initial did chance. Did it take a flick on the way through when it hit the net, though, before it hit? Did it take a deflection on the way through? I thought it did initially, but yeah. I don't think so. Is that right? Okay. I think it didn't. Oh. But it, the quality of his not. dink for the, yeah. the chip. I agree with you there, yeah. <sighs> he really is such an underrated player. I mean, I don't want to overanalyze a TV <laughs> pundits yeah. match. Just the quality was still there. Like, it was just such a beautiful chip, deft. And it's exactly the kind of thing he would do as a player that would get underrated. It's like when Rooney was saying the best passer he played with was Keane because it was so... On point and into feet and forward looking, and mm. you think he was underrated as a footballer, as a midfield oh, footballer on the ball. I'm not sure yeah, anyone. I think been you're right about more that. underrated. Nobody Genuinely, pays any attention to it. I don't think anyone's been more underrated on the ball. I was talking to Nathan about this on the show a few weeks ago, just because I don't know why even. But I, during lockdown, I rewatched and did player ratings for Ireland and Italy in USA '94 when Roy Keane was a 21 year old who was seen almost as like a ball of energy that he brought to the team rather than anything else. He was. By far and away, and I include Paul McGrath in this, I really do, the best player on the field. Mm. And it's a, and, and this was before he was a midfield pivot. Just gone to United then, yeah. But it, you know what I mean? Townsend was probably playing deeper than him. It wasn't like Keane was doing everything. Yeah. Box to box. Well, if you watch brilliant. the, I don't know why it's come back to my head, but if you do watch the TV coverage when they come back, Giles definitely mentions Keane as being mm. outstanding. He was outstanding yeah. tonight. And McGrath. Keane, Townsend and McGrath and Bab yeah. were 
all just amazing. Anyway, I don't want to get it back into that twice in a week for some reason. I didn't mean to do that, but yeah. Keane, very very good footballer. I agree with you totally about his uh, about his underrated. It wasn't all just battle no. and leadership no. and all of that stuff. It was oh, far no. far more than that. Yeah, so much vision, so much finesse, so much quality pinpoint. It was so good. Again, I say I that wasn't proven by a clip that we've seen in uh, a pundit's football match. Though. This is how starved we are live football today. Nothing to talk about. Mick Richards, terrible in goal. I think we can agree. Rooted to the spot. So um, that's where we are this evening. That. The guy who's tried to stop it that Cottle Talk got a deflection. That was Gary Neville for a second. It definitely wasn't a no, former professional footballer. No, it wasn't. Even just the pastiness alone. Yeah. You know, you, 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 just, you do something about that after years in the game, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how the touch and all that stays with you. It's like when you play Astro with someone that was decent at football when they were younger. Yeah, they still always re- retain the touch. Well, do you know what's funny? We did. Um, I played Astro with Kev Kilban mm. a couple of years ago, and this was an Astro which was full of very good players. Alan Cawley used to play in it, and different people who play League of Ireland. Lots of good players, good touches, and everything. And uh, Kev came along. His back is in bits. I mean, his back is really bad. Effectively retired him from the game. His um, hamstrings weren't great. He was probably, you know, not in peak physical condition. Was he out the night before? <laughs> not saying he definitely was, <laughs> but I'm not saying he definitely wasn't. I, I didn't want to say that, but like that, that also was part of the story. And as you say, there was a softness to his every touch. Yeah. That was a different stratosphere to the rest. And again, lots of good players. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. Arthur's accusing the the pasty guy who made a mess of the clearance of, uh, to be Mark Pugac. So is it Pugac? It was. That's the yeah. It, that his goal took a deflection off. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, but anyway, I think it was was it ITV against BBC. I think so. That was it. Yeah, and ITV won, didn't they? With Roy Keane's golden goal. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I feel it's had more airtime than it warrants already, <laughs> but uh, we'll press on. The news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day. So Keane Healy. Well, his red card's been overturned is the somewhat surprising news, I think. Yeah, that's right. So he's going to be available to play for Leinster against Racing in the Champions Cup this weekend. He had uh, received a red card against Ulster last Saturday, but that's been overturned. He was dismissed for a tackle on Tom Stewart in the 20th minute at the RDS. But after a review of the incident, a disciplinary panel said there was sufficient mitigating factors to reduce the red card to a yellow card. And there will be live commentary of Racing against Leinster on Off the Ball Saturday from one o'clock this Saturday. Jerry Thornley, Fiona Hayes on the way after eight o'clock. So akin to Warren Gatland. Michael O'Neill is back as manager of the Northern Ireland football team and he says qualification for the next European Championships is a realistic ambition. He's returned to the role having had his appointment confirmed earlier today. O'Neill succeeds Ian Barraclough and of course was previously in charge of Northern Ireland when they got to the 2016 Euros. Northern Ireland have a favourable draw for qualifying for the next tournament. They're in a group with Denmark, Finland, Slovenia, Kazakhstan and San Marino and O'Neill says their aim is to reach the next finals in 2024. Yeah, I think, you know, when I saw the draw, um, and I've seen a lot of the comments around it, everyone talks about, you know, the group being favourable. Um, and I think there's an element to that. But I think the other teams will look at it that way as well. You know, Finland, Slovenia, Kazakhstan, for example, will, will see it as a real opportunity for them to qualify as well. So I think it will be a very competitive group. Um, but there's an opportunity there. There's no doubt about that. You know, at, at different times, and different groups that we came out uh, in, in my period, you, you looked at it, particularly the last one where we were drawn with Germany and Holland. You know, you, you have to try and find a way to, to finish second in a group like that is extremely difficult. Yeah, there we go. We'll see how it goes. Because there had been some whispers maybe of 
uh, who was their striker for years famous striker David front. Healy yeah there was some talk of David Healy for a while right okay yeah Michael O'Neill has swooped back in I think it's a move that probably makes sense for them and for Michael O'Neill really you know like after the, the Stoke job like had gone okay for a while but it obviously reached the end uh, this year is like was there another job at championship level probably not going to be there probably not so you go back in and you you like you know he he rose them from the ashes already once before they're back in the ashes again you know so um, it's a good opportunity Gianni Infantino has been confidently declaring uh, best World Cup ever to the media. Well, that's exactly what he said today. He said the group stage at this year's World Cup has been the best ever. The FIFA president was speaking ahead of the quarter-final stage. And he also praised the quality of the stadiums in Qatar, as well as the attendances at the matches so far. Put very simply and, and very clearly, this has been the best group stage of uh, a World Cup ever. So this is very promising for the remainder of the World Cup. Um, but uh, the matches have been of great, great quality in uh, beautiful stadiums. We knew that uh, already. However, as well, the public uh, uh, who was there was incredible. Over 51,000 uh, on average, record-breaking figures on, uh, uh, on TV. We, are, we already had over 2 billion viewers, which is... Uh, uh, which is really incredible. Two and a half million people in the streets uh, of Doha and uh, a few hundred thousand every day in the stadiums, all together, cheering together, uh, supporting their teams. Fantastic atmosphere, great goals, incredible excitement. In footballing terms, he's not wrong. It has been a great World Cup so far. That does not mean it's not also a completely shameful exhibition in the worst excesses of FIFA. These things are not mutually exclusive. They're both possible to say true. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I haven't gone back and checked all the other group stages in history. It's easy for him to come out and say something's the best ever, you know, but it's been pretty good. Like, I mean, it hasn't been a bad World Cup football-wise. It's Miguel, been pretty good, doesn't have quite the same ring to it. So No, it doesn't. Best ever. Uh, Miguel Delaney has a piece in the Independent, the UK Independent today, that I haven't read all of. I've read a little bit of about kind of you know the reality of life in Qatar not being too far under the surface. There, if you want to go and look for it, that I would encourage everybody to read, because again, we talked a bit, a little bit about it this week on the show already. You know, it is easy to get caught up in the football and suggest that best World Cup ever isn't it great and all the stadiums look lovely and isn't there's no crowd trouble and. You know, the air conditioning is lovely, but the World Cup shouldn't be there. And I think, you know, Miguel, again, I haven't read the entire thing, but I read enough of it to know it's a fantastic piece that everybody should read if you want to know why certain people still have a problem with this, you know. Okay. And one of them isn't Gianni Infantino. Meanwhile, uh, England have been on the media trail today. So interestingly, they sent out Kyle Walker. Yeah, and he says uh, he's not going to let Kylian Mbappe stand on his way of winning the World Cup for England. It has been suggested that the Manchester City fullback will be key to stopping France's star player in Saturday's World Cup quarter-final. And Walker says he's up for the challenge, but insists there's more to the game than one individual battle. No, I think the game's not England v Mbappe. The game's England v France. As I just said there, we, we take respect that he's a good player in good form at the minute, but... I'm not going to roll out a red carpet for him and tell him to go and score. You know, I'm representing my country at a quarter-final of a World Cup, so it's do or die, really. You know, if we if we lose, we go home. And, you know, he's not going to stand in my way and hopefully winning, 
you know, a World Cup for my for my country. Such an interesting weekend in store. So Croatia, Brazil, three o'clock. The Dutch against Argentina, seven. Then Saturday is Morocco, Portugal at three. Rejuvenated Portugal, of course. And then England, France is at seven. Chatting with Kevin Kilban later on. We have, Kevin and I share, a sneaking suspicion that the winner of England, France will be the winner of this tournament. Yeah. I think it's a fair... It's a fair suspicion to have on form. I just kind of feel that. <laughs> I think England are. I don't want. I don't want to say something so cliched, here, but form goes out the window now. It's sort of. Yeah, it's you the tournament starts. Here. <laughs> no, we, we could have lived without that. The tournament does can start. I, can here. I put we it to you? Yet, England are England are underrated in this country because of uh, reluctance to give them their dues. Yeah, but we also know the team very well. So why aren't we acknowledging that? Because I also are? think that they've got Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire and, you know, uh, that's Pickford. I'm, I'm running out of players and unfit Kyle Walker. Yeah, what's their problem? They're Harry, back. They Harry Maguire like, I, I actually okay. don't think they'll be able to handle uh, France. I really don't. I think there's too yeah. much attacking power in that team. I think if you think take the form of Mbappe, the form of Griezmann, the form of Dembele and the form of Giroud, all four of them are flying. By the same token, can France handle... Any number of English uh, Maybe not, maybe mention. not, but I do. I, I think France as a natural, maybe it's being world champions and maybe it's part of the national psyche, will go out and believe in themselves and go for England. Whereas I don't think England, I think England will go conservative in this game. Don't get me wrong, there's a very fair chance France could win. Oh, I know that. I know you would ultimately probably even say France will win. And Put to my head, I would. Yeah, but 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 but. but. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not. I, I'm not suggesting that you're out here like saying England's going to win the World Cup. I think. I think we know the team quite well. I know what you mean. There's a reluctance to admit that they're awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's a wrong word. Again, it's very early in this competition, Joe. Carl, they haven't played anyone. Carl, who's going to win? I said. I said Brazil. I think Brazil. I have a sus- suspicion about Portugal which is probably easy to say now. Yeah, but well. When you look at their squad, the quality that they have is just unbelievable. Um, and whether the Ronaldo stuff will, will galvanise the rest of the squad for the remainder of their tournament, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, Morocco's going to be tricky. Um, they're very difficult to play against. But yeah, I, I think I'd stick with Brazil. I think I'd stick with Brazil right now. Certainly feels like it's Brazil in the final. They'll yeah. come through with Croatia and then Netherlands or... Argentina. Argentina. Yeah, like, look, if Argentina beat the Netherlands... I'm not saying that they're comparable quality-wise, but an Argentina-Brazil semi-final in itself. I hope anything, it happens. Anything could happen. Yeah, no, I hope it happens. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything about Joe Felix to Aston Villa in this uh, news? <laughs> no. No? Apologies. Is that, is that, is that a rumour <laughs> or is it actually happening? I, I haven't seen that rumour. Is it a rumour? Oh, it genuinely is, yeah. No, even I'm saying stop with it. But okay. Yeah, like it is actually, it's, it's out there. <laughs> there is some England team news, but all is well, I think. Yeah, England's Declan Rice and Callum Wilson were both absent from training today ahead of the match at the weekend. Uh, Rice missing due to illness. Wilson is recovering from a minor muscle strain and Rice, of course, has started all four of England's matches so far in Qatar. Uh, in other news uh, on the World Cup front to an extent today, Hansi Flick is set to stay on with Germany. That's despite them exiting at the group stage, but it's been confirmed that he will remain on in charge ahead of the European uh, Championships campaign. Uh, to rugby, the former England international James Haskell believes it was utter madness to sack head coach Eddie Jones without having a permanent replacement ready to take over. Leicester's Steve Borthwick remains the favourite to succeed him while Richard uh, Cockerell is in charge on an interim basis and then Haskell says he feels the timing of Jones's departure doesn't make sense. Personally, it's utter madness. You have j- literally taken the most successful World Cup coach with a 90% winning record and binned him 
nine months before a World Cup. He's been to three World Cup finals. He's won one, lost two, and he took Japan uh, to some of the biggest upsets they've ever had. And I and then the best thing is the person they, they want to replace him with at this point in time, and obviously it's never moving ever movable feast is not available. So you're going to put someone else in charge for the six nations who hasn't been an international coach just because of some grumpy old journalists and some miserable fans who've decided to, get, to, to, to gang up to get rid of him, which is pretty much the story of the modern world. If you shout loud enough and you've got enough fans in the media, you can achieve anything. It's definitely a debatable point. You know, he's not entirely wrong. I don't think Haskell. So Jerry Thornley, Fiona Hayes on the way. I can't imagine Haskell and Bortwick weren't, you know, Sure I would say they packed down 20, 30 times for England together at least. You know, I don't have that information to hand, but yeah. surprising. Carl, do you want to bring us any last story you want to squeeze in? Uh, yeah, so Eric Ten Hag speaking about Cristiano Ronaldo today. He spoke to MUTV and his words were, he's gone, it, gone and it's the past. We are now looking forward and we're looking to the future. So it was only a six-word answer uh, from Ten Hag on Ronaldo, unsurprisingly, in that interview. And Eden Hazard has retired from international football, age 31. That's following Belgium's group stage exit from the World Cup. The former Chelsea forward scored 33 goals in 126 appearances and he captained his country 56 times. He says the succession is ready and that he'll playing for the national team. It's a hell of a record for 31. Made his debut at 17. Extraordinary and captured his country 56 times. Yeah, I was surprised to see as many um, appearances there considering he's only 31. I think it's a sad end to Hazard's international career, but I also don't think we should just look at the last two years as a full picture of a career. He's burned out. Burned brightly. but Yeah, he was a brilliant player. My news of yesterday, not today, but I only saw it today, is that the... Club hurling semi-finals. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is ridiculous. Isn't it unbelievable? (laughs) The club hurling semi-finals. So double bill, St. Thomas and Dunloy, and then Ballyhill Shamrock's Bally Gunner. A game we've legitimately been waiting for on a national level, I would say, in a way that club doesn't often get through. Ballyhill, Bally Gunner clashes directly with the World Cup final. Mm. Yeah. Half past three, World Cup finals off at three, I think. Yeah. That is quite something. Yeah. It'll be. It'll start and end while the World Cup final is still on. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, does Gianni Infantino know? I mean, are they worried? Are they, are they going to respond? Uh, I think, I mean, in fair to the to be fair to the don't come at me. Don't. There's no fairness. There, there is, is a, a few. There is a few. No, no, no. Whatever you're about to say, no. Different stadium. They could put it at a different stadium. Thurles is closed. Thurles is closed, yeah. <laughs> the one other, well, they could play in loads of stadiums. They? they could play it anywhere. <laughs> it's not as if they're getting 40,000, like, you know. But they've, I think they, did they offer the clubs a, an opportunity to play it after Christmas? They I did. Think they, they wanted to, to get it played before Christmas. They did want to play before Christmas. Yeah. I'm not sure they said, could you put it on when the World Cup final Yeah, it's true. Play it Saturday night somewhere, come on. Somewhere, like, anywhere. That's oh, a joke. It is really a joke. It's it's, a joke. it's the height of kind of arrogance it's as well because the of stupidity. it's because they'll they'll go and like you know that game will be played and the people who care about it will be there and will sacrifice the World Cup final and fine that happens. I mean, there's always championship games on the same time as the World Cup because it's in June. You know that they can't do anything about that. I understand, but like this is there was no need for this and. It, it just makes the people who want to do both suffer for no real reason and make them choose. And even the people who choose the hurling will resent it. It sort of sets sports up against each other a bit yeah, as well. Yeah, there's it no need that, for that it. That kind like. of antagonistic 
Who, we don't worry about other events. I never what, the mind World the Cup final. I never mind the fact that this is a big match. This is a really. Uh, this is the, the the final last year. They're clearly the two best teams, with no offense to the other semi final. And it's a game that people have been waiting for. They've been saying like since they, neither team were county champions, they've been talking about Ballyhale against uh, against Ballygunner again. You know. Yeah. And nobody's going to pay any attention to it. No. I know. Nobody's going to see it. What are we going to do on Monday? Even because we won't have seen it. Like you know, it's just a fa- the fact of the matter. Well, like. you could record it. <laughs> <laughs> Took out of time, Joe. Watch it back. Watch it back after England have won the World Cup. Yeah, there you after go. it comes. I'll tell you what. If England are going to win the World Cup, I think I'll have to get very patriotic and uh, go back to my my, my first. Lead goal, with that on the Monday night. You yeah. take a sick day. No, no. I'll just I'll just watch the other match. I won't be. Ah, stop. Not ridiculous. I'll, I'll be here. We're out of time, Michael. Call. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joe.